Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Shadu an la ilaha illallah. Shadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. In this small talk with regards to Ramadan, past, present and future, I want to start with a story, a story which we are all familiar with, we have all lived it, we are living it today and we will continue to live it. This is a story about us, each one of us growing up. And as we grow up, we gain closeness to one or two people who live around us. They become friends, they become companions, they become close to us. They are people who could be from family, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, or they could be friends from the neighborhood or from a local school, but throughout childhood, schooling, going to university, getting a job, losing a job, getting married, having a family, even when we relocate to another part of the country or we relocate abroad, these one or two companions, friends, are always, always very close to us. And whenever we interact and communicate with them, we feel at ease, we feel relaxed. These are people that we hold very, very tightly and close to our hearts. So you can imagine when one day we get a call saying that they're coming to visit. You know, we transform as an individual. We start to get excited and happy in anticipation. We start to leave work early in order to make the necessary arrangements. We start to go shopping, food shopping for the house and also make other arrangements to enhance the living of the house. We tell our children about the visiting uncle and reminding them to be respectful and be on their best behavior. We even encourage our children that if they are good, the uncle that's coming to visit will treat them with small gifts and presents, which makes the children even more excited. We speak to our loving wife and saying to her how her cooking is the most amazing cooking since sliced bread, since forever, the best cooking ever we've ever tasted. But just for the sake of the friend who's come to visit, she needs just to raise it to the next level in terms of her cooking. And when the friend does finally arrive, we take time off work and we have a complete itinerary of the things that we're going to do together in the afternoon, in the evening, places to go, people to meet. And the important part with our friend is this and how it relates to the title of this small talk, that we would maximize our time talking to our companion, discussing about the past and how life was so easy, how life was so comfortable, how life was so carefree when we were young, very few problems we had to think about. And then we compare it to the present, how life is so uncertain and it has so many challenges for ourselves as individuals and for ourselves as a family. And then we also discuss about the future, about what our hopes are, what our aspirations are for ourselves and for our children. And obviously, at the end of the visit, we have a huge sadness overcome us when our companion, a close friend, has to leave with the hope that we see them next year. And I hope this story is a story that we can all relate to. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam also had such a companion. 
And this companion is a, is a companion that the Prophet ﷺ would be sad to see leave and would be eager for his return. This companion is Ramadan. And all those elements and activities that I mentioned in this short story are activities that we do do in preparation and during Ramadan, when Ramadan comes to visit us each and every year. And all of those elements in the story that I mentioned, again, linking it back to the topic, I want to focus on discussing the past, the present, and the future. And let me start by saying this. Ramadan has not aged and will never age, neither change from the past, present, or the future. Ramadan remains the same in its blessings, rewards, opportunities and gaining closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It remains the month of the Qur'an, the month of dhikr, the month of fasting, the month of good deeds and the month in which the shayateen are chained and the doors of Jannah are wide open Ramadan remains the month in which we have the special night, Laylat al-Qadr, that is better than a thousand months So Ramadan has never changed and will never change. However, our living as Muslims, as a community, and as, and as a ummah, has definitely changed. In terms of the past, we romanticize about our glorious past where we had honor, dignity, unity, and an army that drew fear and respect from its enemies. We romanticize about the great leaders that we had in the past, like the Khulfa Rashida, and how they managed and looked after our, our affairs, making sacrifices for their own lives and their own comfort to make sure we had comfort, that we became truly the best nation, the best nation brought unto mankind. How even during the times of weakness, for example, Sultan Abdul Hamid II, in the time of st- Deep, steep political weakness, how he refused to concede any inch of the blessed land of Palestine or for allowing it to be separated from the body of the Islamic land. We romanticize about our unity and how we would commence and end Ramadan on the same day as an ummah under the guidance of the Khalifa of the Muslims. And we romanticize about the golden era and how we were the leaders and pioneers in many, many fields. Now when we look at that past and romanticize it, we naturally compare it to the current circumstances that we find ourselves in, which we often speak about on a one-to-one, within family, within friends, in discussion forums, that we are weak, divided and challenged intellectually and politically, that we are attacked due to our beliefs and we have to endure the insults and mockery made against our beloved Prophet wasallam. that we are prevented from even fulfilling some basic obligations by governments that have a deep hatred towards Islam, like in France, and growing across Europe. We have our annual moon wars over the starting and ending of Ramadan. We see the treachery of the regimes across the Muslim world that hate Islam and actively work to prevent the return of Islam as a deen. We see how cheap our blood has become as an ummah, how cheap our land has become, how easily our our resources are exploited. Enough is enough. We really need to stop romanticizing and likewise, we need to stop having this mentality 
that the only way to live in the current circumstances is to be pragmatic, to compromise, concede or accept the circumstances that are laid in front of us and that the only actions available to us is to compromise, is to be pragmatic or only raise our hands in dua, believing that dua alone is going to change our situation. It will not. Dua is the head of ibadah, is the head of worship. But this action alone is not sufficient. The sharia, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, demands that we act according to the requirements of the sharia given our circumstances today. Therefore, let's start establishing our future if we haven't started already. And there is no better time to start working for a future than in this beautiful month. The ingredients for this are not rocket science. And again, this has been discussed many, many times in the past. What we need to do is convert these understandings, requirements and obligations into coordinated, clear set of actions with a very, very clear focus and set of objectives. And I want to summarize all of these elements in bullet points. So it's very clear, very lucid in where our focus very much needs to be. And remember, none of what I'm going to mention is new or unique. Point number one, we definitely need to re-establish the Qur'an and Sunnah to be the reference for each one of us in every aspect of our life and every day and month in our life. So let the Ramadan rejuvenate us, but carry this rejuvenation beyond Ramadan for the entirety of our life. Let it permeate into not just our private worships, but also our social and economic transactions, but also bigger politically in having that vision and understanding of our responsibility in how we need to be governed by Islam alone. Second point, building upon this first point, we must understand Islam as a way of life. That is the only solution and salvation for the Ummah and indeed the entire humanity. Therefore, we must gain the confidence from the aqidah to all the elements and details of Islam that Islam is the only viable and practical alternative. And we must understand this alternative to be systematic in order to present it and counter and provide it as an alternative to the current secular world order which is heaping misery upon misery upon this world and upon humanity. Point number three. We must be aware of the nature of the problem that we are facing and the challenges and attempts to prevent the return of Islam which are ideological and political. Therefore the solution is ideological and political. And that while Ramadan is about gaining closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is deemed, which is deemed spiritual, political awareness, discussing about the affairs of the Ummah is also connected to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is an obligation and therefore it is rewarded greatly during this blessed month. It is narrated that the Prophet would inquire about the affairs of the Muslims while residing in the masjid during Ramadan, i.e. during Itikaf. So at the highest of spiritual retreat, Rasulullah was actively engaged in wanting to be aware about the affairs of the Ummah. So this political engagement and awareness must be a quality 
and a characteristic that we must have. Fourth point, we must call the Muslims to the Islamic concepts that will lead to our elevation, such as unity as an ummah, the prohibition of nationalism, the need to refer to Islam in all matters, and taking our politics from Islam, not from what is available around us, and making sure that the concept of priority and obligation to establish the deen is comprehensive, as a comprehensive state is very well understood. Point number five, we must work to establish the deen, the khilafah, upon the prophetic method, as it is an obligation and a vital issue. And there is no better time to embark upon a good action and indeed an obligatory action than in the month of Ramadan. Point number six, we should not lose hope. Depression, fatalism are concepts that are alien to Islam. There will be difficulties, no doubt. We face them every single day. That's how we discuss the present, isn't it? But what we need to have is sabr. And sabr doesn't mean to sit and wait. Sabr also means to maintain the path of haq, to fulfill the obligations and to leave the prohibitions. As we strive to achieve, and if we fail to achieve, then we should recognize and accept and understand Allah has promised to compensate us for what we lose by what we gain in the akhirah. And there is nothing better than that. Lastly, and the final point, we must put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for there is no greater support than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and victory is not in our hands but by what is sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With all these points in mind, we can focus and bring together the past and the present, fuse them in order to lay the foundation of a glorious future. And there's no better time to start than during this blessed month of Ramadan. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.